0: Good evening. Goodbye Forever, Volume 2 by Nakchang Shi, Chapter 11, Part 2. Kate, I inquired after Amy and Atlas had left for the bedroom. I don't mean to be critical, but you kind of left me on my own there. I wanted you to get to know each other, so I thought it best not to interfere. Do you think we got to know each other? Yes, you know each other's ideas now. Do we? I sighed in slightly puzzled disbelief. I don't think they have a clue where I'm coming from, and all I know of them is what I could glean from Atlas's aggressive oppositional stance. I'm really not quite certain what I'm doing here. Why? Well, I don't think your friends are exactly warming to me, especially Atlas. And I think the feeling's mutual. I really don't enjoy being lambasted with God. You seemed to do fine with Jan when she challenged you. Yes, but I had the sense that Jan respected me. She wasn't out to attack me on the basis of what's meaningful to me. What I do with my life is my own concern unless it impinges on anyone else and it was obvious that she respected that. Ah yes, but that's because she fancied you. I'm surprised you didn't end up in bed with her. What was I to say to that? Kate was obviously quite perceptive. I had ended up in bed with Jan but we'd slept together in the literal sense rather than the figurative. That however was not up for discussion. I didn't want to be dishonest about it but I also felt it was none of Kate's concern. I don't know about that Kate and as you know I have a lady friend in Bristol so I won't be ending up in bed with anyone. Then taking a logical tack It doesn't necessarily follow that just because Jan wasn't out to attack me that she therefore fancied me. It seemed obvious to me. Well, maybe. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I can't agree you're right either. I'm just making a logical point. Life isn't always logical, though, is it? No, it's not. I'd agree with that entirely. But I try to understand situations and logic is a useful tool. Till it proves inadequate, that is. I reflected for a moment on what Jan had said about leaving as soon as I found I wanted to leave. You know, Kate, thanks for inviting me here. I appreciate it. But I think I'd better leave at this point. I thought you said you didn't want to drive when you're tired true maybe i'm overreacting damn why couldn't i just follow my impulse and have done with it i knew why i was committedly flexible in situations where i should be obdurate i did mean what i said though i really do not want to argue about anything i don't like arguing And if Atlas starts again, I really will have to leave. I'll just ride out till I can find a comfy field somewhere. I've got a ground sheet, so it's really not a big deal. The whole attack and defence thing is not what I enjoy. And I have no desire to be right by making someone else wrong. Yeah, I can see that. And I think Amy understands that she's on your side, you know. Yes, I sighed, I think she seems to be, but Atlas, I don't think he, I deliberately stopped short of saying, knows his arsenal from his wheelbarrow. No, Kate agreed, Amy is a wise woman, she's experienced enlightenment, but Atlas, well, Atlas has a good heart, and he's really very much reliant on her wisdom. He knows that and really respects her a lot, but sometimes he forgets that he can't be like Amy. Not yet, at any rate. He just thinks that anyone who doesn't think exactly like Amy has to be wrong and needs putting right. A faithful student, then. Kate frowned slightly at that. Don't mock him, he's a good friend, she replied but not in a scolding fashion. Atlas is passionate and when you get to know him better, he could become a good friend of yours too. He just needs to find out that you're understood by Amy. I think I'll go and have a word with them. Kate put a Pink Floyd album on and disappeared into the room that Amy and Atlas had entered. When one side of the album was finished, I turned it over and played the other side. there was still no sign of my hosts. After some ten minutes I got up and looked through the albums. I found a cluster of Tangerine Dream albums. I'd heard of the band, vaguely, but had never listened to an album. I set it on the turntable, sat back and listened. It was electronic music and although pleasantly intricate it wasn't really the kind of music I enjoyed. If I wanted intricacy, I'd opt for Bach, but there was nothing Baroque and nothing classical either. Eventually, Kate re-emerged. We've talked about it and we think we've been misunderstanding each other. I explained that you were not antagonistic to them and that you just want to be allowed to be yourself. Amy and Atlas are all for people being individuals but they think people would be happier away from institutions. I'd agree entirely. I'm not keen on institutions either. Right, so we won't be talking about it anymore. Excellent. Then Amy and Atlas reappeared. Amy heard Tangerine Dream playing and asked, Do you like Tangerine Dream? Kate said you'd put it on. Yes, fascinating sounds. I'd never heard Tangerine Dream before. This was not the time to express my subjective opinion. I could express an enthusiasm for Tangerine Dream that was partially sincere in order to be affable. After all, they'd decided to quit their assault on my personal religious choices. It seemed the least I could do. They're our favourite band. What music do you like? All kinds. I love blues, maybe, first and foremost, but I also like avant-garde jazz. Then I like Baroque music, especially Bach. I like also early music and music of the classical period. Amy and Atlas just nodded, so I continued. And all kind of modern composers. Eric Satie and the Minimalists. Minimalists? Amy queried. Minimalist music was originated by American composers like Lamont Young and Terry Riley, Steve Reich and Philip Glass. Ah yes, we know Terry Riley, but I didn't know that was called minimalism, Atlas said but without great interest. Yes, Amy beamed, we have Rainbow in Curved Air and Descending Moonshine Dervishes. We listen to them a lot. I'd like to get more of his albums. Do you know of others? Yes, let me think. There's Music for the Gift, Reed Streams, In C, Church of Anthrax and Persian Surgery Dervishes. I'll write them down if you like. Thank you, Amy replied with evident pleasure. Can you say anything more about minimalism? I'd really like to know more about it. The evening seemed to have taken a much better turn and I relaxed. It originated in the New York downtown scene in the 60s. Amy's face lit up at the mention of the 60s. Ah, that's the kind of music we like. Then she turned to Atlas This is great, isn't it? There's suddenly all this new music. I'm really happy to find out about this. Atlas shrugged minimally and nodded. He added a smile, seemingly to cover what could have been an underlying sullenness. I decided he may simply have been tired. Amy turned to me with a face that beckoned me to say more. It started as a form of experimental music called the New York Hypnotic School and features the consonant harmony or pulse of drone instruments. It spread to Europe and the style was adopted by Michael Nyman, Henrik Garecki, Arvo Part and others. I'll write the names I can remember down for you if you like. Thank you, responded Amy. I took Amy to be the more culturally au fait of the two and certainly the more easy going. Atlas yawned and I wondered whether he resented the fact that Amy and I were conversing with no apparent problem. I think you'd like Michael Nyman. There are two albums I can think of, Divertimento for flute, oboe and clarinet and Canzona for flute. I was introduced to them by Merrill. She's one of the ladies with whom I share a house in Bristol. One of the ladies? How many are there? asked Atlas with awakened interest. Three, I replied Merrill, Rebecca, and Penelope. They're students at the College of Music and Drama, and we rent a house together. They know a lot of modern music, and I've learned a lot from them about the history of music. We have some fascinating conversations. I bet, said Atlas, with a lewd kind of grin. They're not his girlfriends, Kate interjected with a slight hint of exasperation. Ah, the picture crystallised. The reason Atlas had suddenly re-entered the conversation was because he'd detected something salacious. Atlas really was an asinine ape. The words Atlas, go sit in the corner and eat a banana like a good lower primate ran through my mind, but I said nothing to that effect. It always troubled me when jibes of this nature sprang to mind. I wished I could simply not have such thoughts arise. No, I concurred, they're friends of my lady friend Det Claudette. They went to school together, She introduced them to me because they needed a fourth person to be able to rent the house. So, Atlas asked, why doesn't she live with you then? Well, she lives at home with her father. Her father's a widower, you see, and she lives close enough to the art school that it wouldn't be worth paying rent just to live a little closer. And she has a rather splendid home. She has her own living room and sewing room. She stays over with me whenever it suits and life is fairly perfect for all concerned." Wouldn't suit me, Atlas sneered. I suppose there are many different situations and they probably suit many different kinds of people. Maybe, Atlas started, but... Then Amy interrupted. Churgiam's right about that. There are many different situations and that's really good because people are all so different. Not everyone wants to live like a couple. I mean, we don't live the usual way couples live either. Tell us what you like about your situation, chirkyam I like living with three very good female friends with whom I have no sexual relationship. Yes, I can see that. Really, that's really very spiritual. I could see that Amy was doing her best. Prior to my time with Dujam Rinpoche, I would have rolled my eyes at such a comment. But now, at least, I could smile in return for her kind intention. And then Det and I see each other at art school and usually on a few afternoons in the week and on most Friday and Saturday nights. Sometimes we all spend time together and sometimes it's Det and myself on our own just how it feels at the time. Sometimes Depp sits and reads while we play music. I play sitar and Penelope, Merrill, and Rebecca play double bass, cello and oboe. We improvise quite often and I really enjoy that. We're having latihan tomorrow night, Atlas announced as a non-secretary rejoinder never tried that before but i'm sure it'll be delicious i replied it's not food atlas laughed with unmasked derision it's a spiritual practice i found my mistake genuinely amusing and laughed as well adding right someone once asked me if i liked brahms and i said i'd never tried one Atlas's face froze slightly as if he hadn't enjoyed the fact that I'd appeared entirely unhumiliated by the exposure of my error. Of course, I'd known Brahms was not the plural of Brahm. Of course, I'd never said such a thing, but my joke was a vain attempt to appear harmless and put Atlas at his ease. But Atlas, like the fabled Atlas of Greek legend, was carrying a world of hubris on his shoulders it's a formless meditation from subud amy expanded latihan Kejiwan is guidance from the power of god the great life force tell me about it i asked i've never heard of latihan or subud not many people have mohammed subud said that the present age is one that demands personal evidence and proof of religious or spiritual truth and that people shouldn't just believe in words. I'd agree with that entirely. With the name Muhammad is this part of Islam? No, or at least it doesn't have to be. You can practice it in any religion or non We find it very harmonious with Indian spirituality. That's interesting, I replied with a smile. I have a lot of respect for the American Indians. They seem to have a way of living that respects the world as a living entity. I don't know that much about it, but I saw Little Big Man a year or two back and really liked what I saw of their lifestyle. Amy shook her head. I meant India. I should have said Hinduism, but that word's an English invention that doesn't mean very much. The English colonialists coined it to describe the religion of the people who lived around the River Indus. There are many different spiritual traditions in India, and they give people the opportunity to find their way to God by many different paths. Our path is Agora Yoga, and the Shaktipat of the Chilumbarbas. Right, well, I know nothing at all about that, I lied. I knew about Chilumbarbas, and whilst I had no desire to decry them, I had no interest in religious practices that required hashish. In fact, the Chilumbarbas in Kathmandu had moved on from hashish to opium, and some were mainlining heroin. They were not well respected, as it was evident to many that they were merely drug addicts. Fortunately, Amy decided to leave the subject alone and continue with her explanation of Latihan. There's rather a lot to go into now, but Latihan is the proof of God we're all looking for. It's an exercise that's not thought about. You don't learn it or train in it. It's different for everyone who practises it and it's passed on by contact with another person who practises Latihan. In the East, men and women practise separately, but that's just because of the culture in the East. We don't have to follow that here. Latihan usually happens in a large hall, but it can happen anywhere where there's the space to move. Everyone sits quietly for a while. And then the guru or helper says, let the latihan begin. Then the sannyasins surrender to the divine. They follow what arises from within without expecting anything. You don't focus on images or recite mantras or use any kind of ritual. You simply surrender to the divine which is the ultimate practice as there's no organised religious ideas to get in the way. You don't pay any attention to the others in the room because everyone is into their own latiham and you don't allow yourself to be influenced by them. That sounds interesting, I said, trying to look interested. What kind of thing happens then? It's impossible to say. If I could tell you, it would be predictable and that wouldn't be Latihan. But sannyasins discover new dimensions, physically, emotionally and spiritually. They make completely spontaneous movements and sounds. They move or dance, laugh or cry or anything at all. This develops in each person and gives them the guidance they need in life. Right, I replied, thinking this is what used to be called a happening or a freak-out. It seemed rather lame to spiritualize the modus operandi of the average hippie party. I'd attended a few of those and they really weren't that interesting. I see what you mean now about your meditation not being structured according to a method. What else could I say without sounding offensive? Amy smiled extremely widely at me and I got the sense that she assumed I was on the brink of conversion. What happens first, she continued, is the opening. That's your first, Latihan. It passes the contact like a candle flame that lights another candle. The flame is the same flame even though the people are different. In the opening you're helped by helpers. That'll be us, and we'll ask you to stand and relax. I nodded in token of comprehension, but felt entirely peculiar about the fact that I'd never agreed to attending a Latihan. What to say? Was this the time to say, "Um, I think I'll go and see a film while you have your latihan. This isn't really my thing." but somehow Amy's pleasant manner and evident benevolence toward me somehow won me over. Entirely against my better judgment, not to mention Jan's wise advice. Then we'll say, we're helpers of the Latihan, and we're here to be witnesses to your wish to worship the creator of the whole universe, the all-knowing and all-powerful, "'That's just like emptiness in your terms,' Kate translated, "'as I sat there feeling vaguely like a potential human sacrifice. "'Then,' Amy continued, as if Kate had said nothing, "'so that your feelings can become calm, "'we'll ask you to close your eyes and to stand quite relaxed "'and to pay no attention to other people exercising. "'Then when movement arises in your body, don't resist it. Don't feel anxious. Just freely follow whatever arises within you." This whole thing was getting to feel increasingly creepy by the minute. Not because the details of the Latihan were problematic in any way, I could ignore the monotheism, but because it was presupposed that I was some kind of willing victim. I decided to ask a question So how did you come across this method? The first time I was tested by God. I was dancing at a party, Amy explained with a seraphic expression. I suddenly found myself drowning in light. I looked up to see where the light was coming from. It was coming from everywhere and everyone. I wondered if I was dying and if this was the light you see when you die, so I lay down on the floor. I didn't want to fight it, I just wanted to surrender to God. Then I felt extremely energetic and stood up again. I started moving but had no control of the movement. Then I knew that I wasn't moving by my own will but by the power of God. After that, it took over a year to find out who knew about what had happened to me. I wanted to find my way back to God, but I couldn't. I tried meditation in every religion I could find and went to every teacher I could find. But they all wanted me to learn their system. I knew that these systems weren't God and had nothing to do with God. And that's how, eventually, I found out about Latihan. Subud spread all over the world now, and it's wonderful that now people can be free of all organised religion. If they want to stay with their religion, they can, but they don't have to be prisoners of their religions. Yes, I replied, nodding slowly and perfunctorily with whatever degree of cautious circumspection I had at my disposal. I can see how that would work. Certainly I could see how that would work. It was the usual method of becoming the supreme religion. It was like saying all religions are one. It sounds fine and highly accepting, but it undermines all religions. If you believe that all religions are one, you join the religion that states all religions are one and then you lose your own religion. It is fundamentally an an insidious ploy. I do not believe that I will go to hell for not believing in God but I defend the right of theists to believe I will go to hell. We play music at our latihan," Kate commented. Yes, continued Amy, we find it helps with the movements, but it can only be instrumental music. Words are distracting. Amy got up and selected another album to play. Amy smiled at me and we all sat together without speaking, listening to Terry Riley's Rainbow in Curved Air. So, I seemed doomed to experience this latihan, But that wouldn't be terrible. It would just be an evening spent in a room with three other people, moving around aimlessly for a couple of hours to minimalist music. Fine by me. I used to dance when I was 14 or 15 years old, and I could probably still move around in a free-form manner. With any luck, they'd all think I'd been moved by God and live happily ever after. Hallelujah, I thought. I'm saved. Then I reflected on my proclivity for cynical witticisms and wondered if I'd ever be free of them. There were, after all, these whirling dervishes, and they seemed to be on to something or other. When Rainbow and Curved Air finished, it was time to retire for the night. I lay there in the dark and wondered why I had let myself be talked into coming to Liverpool. This Latihan thing was probably going to be peculiar, but life was not to be avoided. Experiences like this could be interesting. At some remote point in time, I was supposed to teach Vajrayana and to accept students. It was stressed by Dujam Rinpoche to be important that I understood the West and what went on in the West in order to teach in the West. Maybe I'd have to address people who'd practiced latihan and if so, it would be useful to have experienced it firsthand. The day after the ordeal was over, I'd ride off back to Bristol where I'd be able to have conversations with people who weren't vaguely deranged. It wasn't that my conversation with Amy and Atlas had been that unpleasant. Well, the first session had been vexing, but the second, even though amiable, was simply tedious. On that note, I went to bed. I wondered whether I might dream. Dreams of consequence had eluded me at Sami Ling, a place that I would have expected dreams. So maybe after such an unlikely evening, dreams might occur. That was a lunatic hope, to put it mildly.